0: $60 million a month for public relief. Pay it out if it'll sweep the hobos off the streets. One-seventh of the population of the United States on welfare. Fine, as long as it ends our misery. A nation as desperate as this is a danger to itself.
1: Resolved. Unemployment relief should be ended when the Depression ends. I traveled back through history to 1536, when the first poor laws of England were mandated. In those days, the Dole, or welfare as we call it, was funded by voluntary contributions. But as time passed, the English devised the allowance system, the first unemployment relief. Only now it was paid with involuntary contributions, more commonly known as taxes. The allowance system was a disaster. The only real unemployment relief is to give a man a job. But to do that, you have to give the economy life, not tax it to death.
2: Zed hoffman and welcome to the main event open up with that clip from the great debaters apparently uh apparently maybe the biden administration should uh should watch that movie because it's a, about a high school debate team um in the back in the 1920s or 1930s uh denzel washington is the teacher uh, coaching it's an oprah winfrey uh, produced movie and uh and it's really it's really great but you you get some some gems of wisdom in that clip you know you got to in order to uh, uh, make the economy produce jobs, you have to give it some, give the economy life, and you can't do that by taxing it to death. And uh, you know some great economic wisdom there, and uh, we'll talk about some economic uh, idiocy going on in the state in the second half, and uh, just everything national idiocy going on. This. Uh, uh, in the first half uh, With uh, the leadership of our country And uh, that song was Borderline from Kansas From uh, 1982 the uh, One of two albums they did with uh, John Elefante uh, Who actually graduated from Lakewood High School Two years before me And, uh, you know, it was like the Lakewood High School band And he uh, became uh, the lead singer for Kansas When uh, Steve Walsh ba- uh, bowed out for a couple of couple albums Uh, But the song says you're a rich man, but a poor man with your pockets lined with gold, always in the middle, neither hot or cold. And you think you found your freedom, but it always slips away. Nothing ever satisfies. You always have to pay on the borderline. You're standing on the borderline. You're waiting for a place in time and living in between borderline. You're standing on the borderline. It's got to be your world or mine. So which way will you lean? I think that's kind of uh, that's kind of Joe Biden. He doesn't know if he's uh, if he's a Democrat or Republican. He doesn't know if he's a conservative or a or a uh, or a liberal. He's uh, been talking one way for the last forty years, and all of a sudden, he in order to get elected, he became woke. He became uh, socialist. He became an idiot. And you know that's the you know I always say, hey, you know what? The reason they don't put kids in uh, in the presidency and kids can't uh, you know young people uh, shouldn't be in leadership because the act of the act of uh, of living brings you wisdom, and I always say that. I look at presidential candidates, and if presidential candidates have young kids, they're not ready yet because I know from my personal experience that raising kids into adulthood brings you great wisdom. And I'm not talking about raising raising kids till they're 18. I'm talking about raising kids till they're till they're grown up. They're got their own houses, their own families, they're paying their own bills and wiping their own noses. Um, because for those of us that have been there, know that 18 and, and being an adult are two different things. So uh, so anyway, um, I'm going to talk about all this stuff, all this stuff and what's going on in our country and my perception, my opinion of it. So you should be looking through, through your own eyes and watching to see what you see and say, it doesn't matter what Biden says, it doesn't matter what the liberal media says, this is what I see, and I'm sure that should be what you're seeing as well. Uh, but before I do, let me introduce myself to those that don't know me. My name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage Corporation. If you're ready to get involved in any of the fantastic opportunities, and they seem to be more and more opportunities uh every month that goes by. If you need if you need uh Uh, Financing. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk just yet because it's so personal, do it the 2023 way. Go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo, and that will take you to my lending page, and you can – uh, put in your uh, put in your username and password, and uh, tell me and give me as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from me or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, if there's any part of the show you want repeated, or you missed it, or uh, just wasn't lining up with your schedule based on the radio, stay on EdHoffman.net. Go to the podcast page. You can uh, you click on there. You can have this show as well as several past shows. And listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe for free and have them download once a week. I record on Friday mornings. Uh, We upload on Friday afternoons and it'll download to your device automatically shortly thereafter. And you can listen to it on demand anytime you want. And uh, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. All right, let's get on with what's going on this week. To mark the one-year anniversary of the Russians' invasion, President Biden made a surprise trip to Ukraine this week, choosing to prioritize it over visiting the American environmental disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, and still not speaking on it either. More on that later. Lots more on that later. On Tuesday, Biden met with President Zelensky personally to announce a pledge for another $500 million in American aid to Ukraine. This comes one month after pledging 31 American-made Abram tanks to Ukraine. It costs about $10 million to make one Abram tank. So, by the way, so, uh, and you can look that up. So, there's $310 million a week ago or a couple of weeks ago and uh, $500 million this week. Here's Biden with Zelensky on Monday recapping their first conversation about the invasion one year ago.
3: I asked you, what is there, Mr. President? What can I do for you? How can I be of help? And I don't know if you remember what you said to me, but you said, and I quote, gather the leaders of the world, ask them to support Ukraine.
2: Well, you know, he, does, he doesn't sound very energetic there, which is going to be a contrast to the next day. He doesn't sound very energetic or that he even remembers. Um, if you've seen the video, he's squinting to see his uh, teleprompter and trying to make it very... Uh, very romantic hey I remember what you said to me a year ago and it was gather the leaders of the world and get them to support Ukraine kind of romantic don't you think and uh, then on Tuesday Biden spoke to an audience of 30,000 people in Poland where the majority of Ukrainian refugees have fled and of course if you saw the whole I'm not going to play this part but if you saw the whole thing uh, you learned that Biden is uh, is is Polish No, he's uh, he's he's born in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, brought up in in uh, lived in Delaware. And of course, he uh, went to a a he went to a Catholic mass in the morning and then followed by going to a black church before he went to school every day. And he was brought up uh, in uh, in Puerto Rican community. And now he says he's Polish. So, uh, you know, at some point you got to just say, hey, Biden, you're full of crap. So uh, here he is talking to the
3: people in Poland. And the American people are united in our resolve as well. All across my country, in big cities and small towns, Ukrainian flags fly from American homes. Over the past year, Democrats and Republicans in our United States Congress have come together to stand for freedom. That's who Americans are, and that's what Americans do.
2: Really? Really? I don't know. Let's let's listen to what Biden said. And now let's talk about what we actually see. How many of you have seen Ukrainian flags flying outside anybody's houses? I know I don't get out as much as I used to because, you know, we everybody works remote right now. But I haven't seen any Ukrainian flags flying in front of anybody's houses. And I have houses in Arizona, a house in California and a house in Montana and uh, we flew this time to Montana, and I just flew back. Um, but we usually drive, and we go through all those states. I haven't seen a Ukrainian flag flying anywhere. So, hey, listen to what you hear on the on the radio. Listen to what you see on the TV, and then compare that with your personal experience. Has anybody out there seen a Ukrainian flag flying over anybody's house? I don't think so. And you might have noticed, uh, it sounds like uh, Biden is a little bit more energetic, maybe just got a B-12 shot. Or maybe he did a line of cocaine? I don't know, because he's uh, speaking uh, speaking louder and with more energy, and maybe he thinks he's uh, maybe he thinks he gets more applause when he yells. So uh, so anyway, let's get on. The same day, Putin the same that same day that he was talking in Poland, Putin announced in his State of the Nation address that Russia was suspending its participation in the New Start treaty. Uh, that's the, which is the last remaining nuclear arms control pact in the United States and the. And, the, and what that is, is the Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. So here's, here's a common sense question that I'm going to ask. We have X amount of nuclear arms. Russia has X amount of nuclear arms. China has X amount of nuclear arms. Pac- Pakistan has X amount of nuclear arms. There, Israel has them. Why are we starting a treaty with Russia to reduce, to reduce our nuclear arms uh, supplies? We want to have something in writing so we can reduce our nuclear arms and Russia can say they are, putting us in a worse position. Hey, we've got them. We don't want to use them. But uh, are we paying storage storage on those things? Are we, hey, you know what, i got storage storage containers I'm paying for that have a bunch of nuclear arms we'll probably never need. i would probably save us money if I could uh, get those things out of storage and destroy them. Uh, I don't think that's the case here, and that's the... And that's what I see. We make treaties with other countries that aren't the United States. We honor them, and they don't. In the speech, Putin claimed this was because the U.S. and our NATO allies are openly declaring the goal of Russia's defeat in Ukraine. Well, I guess Putin sees it clearly, and uh, Biden thought they wouldn't notice as long as we weren't flying. Hey, you know what? Putin has CNN. He has Fox. We're openly saying, "Hey, we're providing all these arms. Germany's providing them. Canada's providing them. Everybody's providing them, but none so much as a no one's supporting it as so much as us." But we think that giving uh, Zelensky uh, arms uh, keeps us out of the out of the war. Well, you know, you got all these different countries giving arms to Ukraine. It sounds to me like we're in World War III. We're just not fighting it ourselves. We're just producing the producing the 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 weapons. And uh, so in his speech the same day, Biden said he wanted to speak to the people of Russia
3: about Putin's claims that the U.S. is provoking him. I speak once more to the people of Russia. The United States and the nations of Europe do not seek to control or destroy Russia. The West was not plotting to attack Russia, as Putin said today. And millions of Russian citizens who only want to live in peace with their neighbors are not the enemy. This war is never a necessity. It's a tragedy. President Putin chose this war. Every day the war continues is his choice. He could end the war with a word. It's simple. If Russia stopped invading Ukraine, it would end the war.
2: Yeah, well, I don't disagree with the words that Biden says. He's so weak. He's saying it to the Polish people. And hoping that the Russian people hear it, I'm sure they do. But he doesn't say it to Putin. You know what? He was not. He was weak at the beginning of this thing. If Trump was in there, he would have. He would have handled it differently. And I remember that Biden said, "Well, you know, we're not doing anything yet because uh, uh, Putin hasn't done anything yet. Really, he lined up his whole military on the on the border of Ukraine. You don't see that as doing something yet. You don't see that as intimidation. You don't see that as getting ready." You don't want to do anything before he starts killing people in Ukraine. Biden is a weak suck. Here's a novel idea. Instead of talking to Vladimir Putin through a speech, maybe the president of the United States should call him on the phone and talk to him directly. But what happened when Trump did this? He got he got mocked on late night TV for for his so-called bromance with Vladimir Putin. Remember all this? Last week, President Trump spoke on the phone with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Now, since then, there's been a rumor that the two have spoken on the phone multiple times.
3: Hello? Donald, it's Vlad. How are you, Russian folk islands? Hello,
0: you genetically modified orangutan.
3: Okay, North Korea, Syria.
0: Ukraine.
1: There, we talk business. Hey, Vlad, guess what? I'm riding a horse without my shirt on, just like you.
2: No, said you're making that sound with two coconuts on dead. How did you know? How did I know? <laughs> Freaking camera in the microwave.
3: Hey, Vlad, you busy? Not at all, Donald, one sec. <clears throat>
1: What is it? president was in Paris over the weekend to mark the 100-year anniversary of the end of World War I. His KGBFF, Vladimir Putin, was there. Once again, Trump was very chummy with Putin. Bites on his lip, he's so excited to see him. And then things get so hot, I guess on the inside, yeah. What exactly is going on between Putin and Trump? And we still don't know. If Trump was some sort of Russian Manchurian candidate, what would he have just done differently?
2: Donald, I want to state officially that we in Russia are so happy that you are U.S. president. Oh, well, thank you. We think you are the best candidate. Sure. The smartest candidate. No doubt. The Manchurian candidate. I don't know
1: what that means, but it sounds tremendous. <laughs> That's right. Now, during their phone call, the new celebrity power couple, I'm going with uh, Donomir Prumpkin. <laughs> discussed uh, threats and challenges facing the United States, which were easy to remember because the threat was talking to the challenge. Either Putin has something on Trump, which is why he's doing whatever he wants, or Trump is just an idiot who got played. This is what you get when you put a KGB agent up against a KFC agent.
0: We'll be right back.
2: Yeah, clearly the, uh, the people that are in late night comedy don't seem to have a a grip on international relations and international, you know, Hey, you know what? uh, While people were, were uh, criticizing Trump for talking to the rocket man uh, in uh, North, in uh, North Korea, Hey, they weren't firing off missiles, uh, test missiles, ICBMs in, in North Korea because Trump was talking to him, giving him a little bit respect, whether he had respect for him or not. He's making him feel like we had some respect for him and, and uh offering his his friendship. Okay? Same thing with Putin. Hey, let's let's keep the communication lines open. And now now that Biden's having a bromance with uh with Vladimir Zelensky and giving away all our tax money, hmm, nobody's saying anything. Anyway, uh again, Biden just pledged to Zelensky another 500 million dollars that he says is going to artillery ammunition anti-tank missile systems and surveillance radars. Here's his announcement on all his new commitments to Ukraine for the foreseeable future.
3: And just today, that announcement includes artillery ammunition for HIMARS and howitzers, more javelins, anti-armor systems, air surveillance radars to help protect Ukrainian people from aerial bombardments. Later this week, we will announce additional sanctions against elites and companies that are trying to evade sanctions and backfill Russia's war machine. And thanks to bipartisan support in Congress, this week we're delivering billions in direct budgetary support, billions in direct budgetary support, which the government can put to use immediately and help provide for basic services of citizens.
2: Really? So all these uh, countries provided weapons, but no ammo? then we have to supply the ammo. I think Trump would have said, hey, come on, man. This is your neighborhood, not ours. We're helping, but you guys got to get involved. Biden is an idiot. And didn't he, did he just say we're pledging billions for direct budgetary support? Does that mean we're going to give them billions of cash so they can keep their budget? All right, what about our budget? All this tough talk about defending another country is hard to swallow. Here's my friend Joey Jones summing it up.
1: Pretty much every Republican in Congress, some of the Democrats and most Americans think this president is uh, a little bit of the tail wagging the dog when it comes to defending our country. Uh, If you believe in border security, you certainly think he doesn't know how to do it. If you believe that withdrawal in Afghanistan was botched, you certainly believe he doesn't know how to do it. Then you have what's happening with China in so many different sectors of our lives. Those things add up to a distrust of the same man standing in Ukraine telling you this war is just and righteous and all the money we spend is necessary to secure our democracy and yeah. our freedom. So when Americans, when they have questions about this, that doesn't mean they want the people in Ukraine to suffer. That doesn't mean they think Russia is a good actor. Mm. It means that we as Americans were sold once, about 2001 through 2020, uh, something along the lines of, or 21, something along the lines of, we must send our blood and treasure to the Middle East so that those people can live a free life. And here we are, and those people aren't living a free life. So we have to ask questions. I'm trying to find out, is it $30 billion or upwards of $100 billion that we've spent or promised yeah. to Ukraine? We need to know where this money goes.
2: Yeah, because this money is our money. It's not Biden's money. It's not the country's money. It comes right out of our paychecks. and comes right out of our tax returns. This is our money. And we have to ask these questions because we're spending a lot of it and we're getting rid of a lot of our equipment to, to defend a country over there, what about our country? And yes, President Xi of China is planning a trip to Russia as we speak, Putin confirmed that on Wednesday. But that doesn't mean that pouring all our money into Ukraine is somehow supporting the cause of defending democracy here at home, which is what Biden keeps telling us. Here's Senator Josh Hawley speaking last week at the Heritage Foundation.
0: Right now, we have leaders on both parties, Former NATO brass telling us that defending Ukraine is basically the same thing as deterring China. I'm sure you've heard this argument it's all over the media, that if one dictator is allowed to seize terito- territory by force in one place, then no one's territory is safe anywhere else. Now I notice these people don't ever seem to be particularly concerned about our territory, namely our southern border, but let's just set that aside for one moment and let's consider this idea that somehow by fighting Ukraine, we're actually deterring China in Asia. The truth is that China's path to global superpower runs through Asia, which means we must stop them there. The idea that spending money in Ukraine will somehow stop China's military buildup and its imperial ambitions elsewhere is simply fanciful. And yet, Congress has poured billions, over $100 billion and counting, into Ukraine defenses at a time when the American people are still dealing with sky-high inflation and there's no end in sight. We will soon see. I have no doubt requests for billions more in blank checks to Ukraine from this administration to be signed off on by this Congress.
2: Yes, I agree with Josh Hawley right there that we're uh, we're doing kind of what China's kind of doing what what Reagan did to Russia. Remember. Uh, Reagan broke up the uh, Soviet Union by driving the price of oil down so their income was low and then by uh, by increasing the spending of the United States so that Russia had to spend more money to keep up with the arms and it just broke the country. Kind of what's going on here, folks. That, but the problem is that Biden has to send money to Ukraine because he has a conflict of interest there because he has so much uh, Biden Biden family corruption that they're, um, if he turns his back on them, they're going to blow the whistle on it. So is all this money that we're giving to Ukraine really going into tanks and ammunition? Most of it is probably. It better be. But there's a good chance some of it is absorbed by, you guessed it, corruption. In the past two months, Zelensky has fired several of his senior officials because, surprise, surprise, there's now a corruption scandal plaguing the Ukraine government. Gee, who could have seen that coming? Uh, You know, as billions of dollars are flowing into the country from all over Western world. Well, we've been told that our money is going to noble cause of fighting Putin. Here's what's gone down in the last few months. Four of Ukraine's deputy ministers and five governors were either fired or resigned in disgrace. A few examples. Zelensky's deputy, Kirilo Tymoshenko, got in trouble for his personal use of government luxury cars and was linked to the embezzlement of $7 million in humanitarian aid. Where'd most of that humanitarian aid come from? I think we all know. Us. Deputy Minister of Infrastructure Vassal Lazinski fired for embezzling budget funds and arrested while he was taking a $400,000 bribe from a company that wanted a government contract. He was put under house arrest in order to surrender his passport. And one last one, the Wall Street Journal reports this week, Zelensky has fired nearly a dozen senior officials for alleged schemes, such as marking up the prices of eggs and other food procured for the military so let's see hey you companies providing supplies for the military let's just increase that price so the government will pay for it and then give me a kickback of the money so back to the first question where's all the money going i'll tell you in the second half i'm out of time for the first half of the main event so stay tuned for five minutes of weather traffic sports and commercials and i'll be back with the rest of the questions and all the answers back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't often talk about uh, real estate and financing. Well, I always talk about not talking about it. Uh, But if you're in the the market for uh, uh, some real estate financing, whether that's refinancing a piece of property that you own or buying a piece of property that you'd like to own, and whether that's in California or another state, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. And if you're over 62, or your spouse is over 62 and you're interested in checking out one of those reverse mortgage things where uh, where you fix the problems of uh, having more life left than money. Uh, call me as well, 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo. So in the first half, we're talking about where's all the money going? We're talking about all the money that, that we're pledging for Ukraine and where's all that money going? So let's get back to that. From USA Today on Wednesday... Here's the U- here's the headline. US has spent billions on Ukraine war aid, but is that money landing in corrupt pockets? With more than 100 billion in US weaponry and financial aid flowing to Ukraine in less than a year, and more and more on the way to counter Russia's invasion, concerns about arms falling into terrorist hands and dollars into corrupt officials' pockets are mounting. The House Republicans warned of the need for closer oversight of the military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine. You think? Does anybody remember where all the COVID money went? Does anybody know where all the COVID money went? I have, a, I have a pretty good clue. The scale of the effort is massive. The $113 billion appropriated by Congress in 2022 approaches the $146 billion spent in 20 years for military and humanitarian assistance in Afghanistan. And we know what, what the benefit of that was. Uh, nothing. When you spend so much money so quickly with so little oversight, you're going to have waste, uh, fraud, and abuse. Massive amounts, said, said John Sopko, the Special in- Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. The Pentagon rejects the narrative, saying safeguards have been put in place to ensure U.S. weapons are accounted for by the Ukrainian forces after they are transferred. Yeah, anybody remember uh, Fast and Furious under Obama? We had a bunch of weapons that we were keeping an eye on and seeing where they got to, and uh, apparently we weren't looking when one of our own guns killed our uh, border patrol guy, Brian Terry. I don't know. Do you trust it when the federal government says they that they've got their they've got their their uh, their oversight going on? They've got safeguards in place. Hey, we have safeguards in place to make sure that no foreign governments have anything flying over our airspace. Uh, yeah, did we see any see anything uh, any evidence of that in the last few weeks? Sabrina Singh, Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary quotes, the, de- the Department takes our commitments to Ukraine seriously, which is why we imp- implemented strong measures to track the capabilities we are providing to equip Ukraine. Yeah, we take we take the uh the commitment to Ukraine seriously, just like we take uh, classified documents seriously, just like we take uh, transportation safety seriously, just like we take guarding our borders seriously. It's the same old. It's the same old BS. Every time someone steps up to the microphone, and I just don't buy it. But here's the important stuff. But maybe how Ukraine is using all these blank checks from the United States isn't the biggest concern, maybe we should be concerned with the fact that China wants us bleeding out our resources in Europe right now, so we aren't paying attention when they take over the world. Sound crazy? Maybe not. Once again, here's Josh Hawley.
0: The more U.S. resources that we devote to Europe, the fewer things we have available to strengthen deterrence in the Pacific. When we pour our military power into Ukraine, that comes at a cost. And the truth is, we cannot defend Ukraine and stop China in Taiwan and see to our own military requirements at the same time. We simply cannot do it all.
2: No, and uh, had we not left all those weapons in uh, in Afghanistan, we'd have those back for ourselves. And had we not given all our tanks to Ukraine, we'd have those for ourselves. And had we not uh, spent all our money on on uh, every other every other. Uh, dumb, dumb cause like illegal aliens into our country and giving away, giving away bucks that we don't know where they're going for COVID, um, we'd have that for ourselves when we need it. And right now, we may not have that. Too bad we don't have Trump in there to tell the other countries, hey, hey, you know what? These are, this is your neighborhood. You guys need to, need to put up or shut up. And more importantly, if Trump was in there, the, the war in Ukraine would never have started because he would have said, hey, Putin, I see what you're doing. You guys going to back the hell off or else we're going to put sanctions on you. And, of course, we never would have uh, uh, cut off our our energy production. So uh, Putin wouldn't have the opportunity to be getting rich on supplying energy to uh, to Europe that he does because we were supplying energy to Europe. So anyway, that's uh, just some simple observations there. So Joe Biden spent this week in Kiev or Kiev, whatever you call it. Spelled Kiev, but everybody seems to call it Kyiv. Um, in Kiev in Warsaw this week. But meanwhile, the mayor of East Palestine, Ohio, is wondering when the president is coming to survey the damage in his town. That was the biggest slap in the face. That tells you right now he doesn't care about us. So Agreed. Uh, he can send every agency he wants to, but uh, I found that out this morning in one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there, not to us, and I'm furious. Yeah, you know, does anybody remember a thing that happened in uh, New Orleans uh, called uh, Hurricane Katrina. Does anybody remember that J- uh, George Bush flew over the top of it and observed from his window? Someone snapped a picture of him looking out, but he didn't land, and he said he didn't land because he didn't want to cause a bunch of uh, chaos for the first responders, and he went there later after the emergency stuff was done. Um, but he did go there to survey it, whether that's from the air or from the ground. And what did they say about him? Oh, he doesn't care about black people. So is it Biden doesn't care about white people? And, you know, uh, our transportation secretary, and this was a transportation problem, our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, he hadn't been there either. So does that mean he doesn't care about straight people? I don't know. What is what is the narrative going to be? But the, but the liberal media is not pointing any of that stuff out or making those accusations. I'm just trying to parallel to what they did to uh, George Bush. And while Biden is over in Ukraine promising endless American resources, the administration is saying there's no FEMA money for American citizens who live in East Palestine, Ohio. But someone else did go to East Palestine this week.
3: The slow response by the Biden administration created an opportunity for former President Donald Trump to show up, hauling cleaning
0: supplies and bottled water.
3: Somebody has to do something for those people, I said back. When I announced that I was coming... They changed their tune. It was an amazing
1: phenomenon.
2: yeah, of course, uh, no one was going over there, but you no know, Trump was there on wednesday, and of course uh of course uh, then Buttigieg showed up on on uh, thursday but uh you know while while Trump was there, he provided uh truckloads of uh, of uh, bottled water as well as cleaning supplies, and he also uh showed up in McDonald 's and bought all the first responders uh lots of food, and apparently the what I'm, what I'm told is that Trump went in there and told one of the employees there, he goes, Hey, nobody, I know, I know this menu better than you guys do. So let me order. So uh, defending their decision to withhold funding an unnamed Biden administration official gave this lengthy statement to Fox news digital. The Biden administration is mobilizing a robust multi-agency effort to support the people of East Palestine, Ohio. Since February 3rd, the EPA has had personnel on the ground at, FEMA is working closely with the Ohio Emergency Management Agency, but what East Palestine needs is much more expansive than what FEMA can provide. FEMA is on the front lines where there is a hurricane or tornado. This situation is different. Oh, really? So FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, this is not an emergency? Are we going to change the change the name of the, the FEMA to the FNDEMA? federal national disaster emergency if it's a hurricane or a tornado it's different but when it's a train when it's a train uh dumping a bunch of hazardous hazardous materials and creating uh, a cloud of of uh, dangerous uh, fumes and and uh contaminating the water supply that just doesn't come to there and we don't have the we don't have the resources how do we not have the resources we're we're paying for tons of illegal aliens to come into our into our country we're paying for Ukraine so they can uh so much for Ukraine that they can uh defend themselves and then still uh skim off t- billions of dollars off of that for corruption i don't know each federal agency has its own unique role here and we've mobilized an interagency team to get the people of east palestine the support they need the official said yeah maybe they should uh maybe they should inform the people of East Palestine that they're getting them the support they need uh, because they don't seem to be have noticed it yet. The state needed help testing the water and air and EPA is providing it. They called for an investigation into derailment. The Department of Transportation is on it. Really? All evidence to the contrary. But are they on it? The Secretary of Vacation, also uh, that claims his title as Secretary of Transportation, lived up to his name this week when he was approached on the street in D.C. by a reporter from
1: The Daily Caller. You don't have, have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Would you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up?
3: Are you going down there at all? Um, yeah, I am. When are you going?
2: Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. He'll share that when he's ready because he's on personal time now. You know what, maybe he should uh, watch the great debaters just like Biden should, because there's another line in that movie that says this.
3: Extracurricular activities like the debate team are fine, but you must not take your eye off the ball, son. Yes, sir. So, what do we do here? We do what we have to do so we can do what we want to do.
2: Yep, we do what we have to do so we can do what we want to do. And you know, when you take on a position like the Secretary of Transportation, you have to take care of your responsibilities before you get any personal time. You know what? There's people in this country that are suffering because the Department of Transportation didn't didn't make sure that the train companies service their wheel bearings on their on their trains. Maybe because the uh, the the um, Supply chain got interrupted and they're putting more pressure on the on the railroads. I don't know. You guys screwed it up. And now you're putting pressure on the train companies and the train companies aren't servicing their their uh, their cars. And then one of them falls off. And now there's a big, uh, big tragedy in East Palestine. And you guys got to go fix it. You got to guys got to go address it. You don't get personal time till the heat's off. Um, he sounded pretty angry there when he told them, Hey, you know, I'm on personal time, but not as angry as when he was asked the same question on the Sunday shows.
1: I am planning to go, and uh, our folks were on the ground from the first hours. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. And one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there's two kinds of people who show up when you have that kind of disaster experience. People who are there because they have a specific job to do and are there to get something done, and people who are there to look good and have their picture taken. When I go, it will be about action on rail safety.
2: While this may be true, the time for action was three weeks ago. not when you get around to it and get done with your personal time and uh, wait till the till the uh, the toxic cloud goes away and people are infected with uh, with diseases from the air and the water. He showed up in in uh, uh, East Palestine on Thursday the day after the day after Trump did and uh, if you see if you see the pictures, he looks like a, a white construction worker. Uh, with the exception of his shiny dress shoes that he wore, and and the reason I bring that up is because remember when he talked to the uh, counties people um, last week, and he said, "Hey, you know, whenever we have an infrastructure project in a in a neighborhood that's uh, of uh, colored people, the construction workers don't seem to have the same color." Well, wow. amazing, and uh, except in. Uh, you know, maybe maybe he didn't look like a he looked like a white construction worker, but maybe he, you know, so we could so we could notice that he's part of the diverse cabinet, maybe he should have taken his husband along with him. So John introduce me
1: to your no know, teammates. Uh everybody, uh, this is my husband, uh, Gregory. What? See <laughs> what's a track. Did he just say husband? Sweet lord. Dennett hired a gay Frenchman as your teammate. Room's starting to spin real fast
3: because of, because of gayness.
2: Yeah, maybe if, uh, maybe he'd look more diverse if he didn't look like a white construction worker. And, uh, maybe if he had his husband, he'd, they'd give him more respect because he's clearly diverse, clearly diverse. And, uh, so, uh... That clip was from uh, Talladega Nights*. If you didn't, uh, if you didn't recognize it, but uh, all in good fun. So, after months of assuring uh, America that Joe Biden is the most likely, is most likely planning to run in 2024, there are signs that he could now be leaning the other way. Politico headline on Tuesday said, "Biden may not run," and top Dems are quietly preparing. The president. No longer seems absolutely certain to go for a second term, leaving the party, his top aides and potential candidates, unsure about 24, and very quietly mulling Plan B. Of course, his wife was in Africa this week, uh, out there uh, doing whatever she does because she can. Um, She stated while traveling there that Joe wants to finish what he started. How many times does he have to tell you that before you believe it? Yeah, he wants to finish what he started. What did he start? He started the destruction of America is what he did. Joe wants to finish it. He wants to finish it before he dies so he can go, go down in history as, as the, the guy that destroyed America. Joe Biden's closest advisors have spent months preparing for him to formally announce his re-election campaign. But with the president still not ready to make to, to make the plunge, a sense of doubt is creeping into the conversations around 2024. What if he decides not to? People in the president's orbit say there is no hard deadline or formal process in place for arriving at a launch date. Decision. According to four people familiar with the president's thinking, a final call has been pushed aside as real-world events intervene. They reference his trip to Ukraine and America's positive reaction to it. Really? Really? He's over there in Ukraine announcing that we're going to give him more and more of our money? And, uh, you know... Zelensky was cool when he was out there fighting, but now he's on on a worldwide tour begging for money and begging for weapons and begging for everything else while his people fight the fight. And all we do is just keep shoveling money to him. I just don't understand that. And inertia has set in. One Biden confident said, it's not that he won't run, and the assumption is that he will, but nothing is decided, and it won't be decided until it is. Really, is that one Biden confident Kamala Harris? Because sounds like a word salad. You know, nothing is decided, and it won't be decided until it is. That definitely sounds like a Kamala Harris quote. Um, so meanwhile, while we're talking about Kamala Harris, uh, she's once again being hit with her least favorite question. How do you feel about the fact that no one in your party wants you to be president either? Here she is with NBC's Andrea Mitchell.
3: Dozens of Democratic leaders are saying that They not only don't think that he's the strongest candidate, you know, considering the larger field that could be possible, given his age and other defects, but they don't think that you are the right person to be on the ticket. Why do you think that? I think that it is very important to focus on the needs of the American people and not political chatter out of Washington, D.C. Do you still want to be president someday? Joe Biden? Intends has said he intends to run for re-election as president, and I intend to run with him as vice president of the United States.
2: Yeah, did you notice what Andrea Mitchell said, uh, considering his age and other defects? Other defects? Are Are people noticing that he's got other defects besides his age? And, you know, maybe it's not his age, maybe it's his dementia. Because I see a lot of people about his age that are still razor sharp. But just not him. So maybe if, you a, maybe if you want an old guy in the White House, maybe we should have had somebody, one of those that's still razor sharp. Um, and did you also notice how she doesn't answer the question? Does that mean you don't want to be president? Well, hey, Joe Biden says he intends to run, and I'm going to be his running mate. Well, that's what you think. And another Democrat loser looking to fill Biden's shoes next year is getting some bad press this week. Our own governor, Gavin Gruesome Newsom. As it turns out, our state budget deficit may be billions of dollars larger than anybody than the already massive numbers Newsom predicted last month, when he announced California faced a projected deficit of $22.5 billion for the coming fiscal year. In a report published last week, California Legislative Analyst Office estimates Newsom's forecast undershot the mark by about $7 billion, thanks to a $10 billion, $10 billion less in tax revenues than expected. Gabe Patek, the legislature's budget analyst, says we estimate there are two in three chance that the state revenues will be lower than the governor's budget estimates for the next two fiscal years. Our budget estimate is that revenues for these two years will be roughly $10 billion lower, implying a larger budget problem by about $7 billion. All of this, despite California having the biggest top income tax rate of 13.3 percent and the fact the California Department of Finance confirmed that 1% of all income tax returns filed in a single year are responsible for roughly 50% of all personal income tax paid in this state. I can tell you as being part of that 1%. It's, it hurts. It hurts when you're at the top. Newsom is set to release a revised budget in May, which is expected to be quite different than the version from last May that projected $97.5 billion surplus, which was only thanks to the federal COVID relief and surging capital gains. So here's here's how you put this in perspective. So last year, our federal government gave COVID relief to the state of California. So because of that, Newsom in his uh, in his run for reelection was bragging about his his budget surplus. But he didn't have a budget surplus because the, the, because the state is doing so well economically and we're spending our money efficiently. He did it because because the federal government was giving him the money. So instead of us paying taxes in California, us paying t- to the state, us paying ca- ca- taxes in California to the feds is coming back to the state. So is California running their government efficiently? Hell no. Not no. Hell No. They're wasting money on everything you could think of, bringing in illegal aliens, giving them free healthcare, the the train to nowhere, and uh, instead of hey we have a we have a, a a drought going on in this in this state, why should we? Why don't we spend some of that money on desalination and we'll never have uh, we'll never have a drought problem in the state, and maybe we'll have uh, the 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 world's breadbasket in the in the central region of California. Back with uh, fully irrigated farms. And that creates tax money in the state. That's how the government works. So uh, so while he's out there patting himself on the back about his surplus, it's only because Biden was patting himself on the back for all his tremendous accomplishments. In the eyes of Democrats, spending money, whether or not it fixes anything or improves anything, is an accomplishment. Oh, Biden has to be reelected because of all of his accomplishments. He doesn't have any accomplishments. But when the when uh, Elizabeth Warren and Nancy Pelosi and all these people are are talking about all of his accomplishments, they're talking about all these all these bills that he got passed to spend money. Spending money is not an accomplishment. You know, you guys would be you you. Our, my kids and your kids and all that stuff would be so much more uh uh tremendously successful if they just went out and spent more money drive up their credit cards does that make any sense doesn't make any sense for our kids but it makes sense but apparently it makes sense for democrats and the federal federal uh federal uh, uh government just spend more money and that's accomplishments california taxpayers selling their houses getting the hell out is, a, is great for capital gains taxes. I can tell you, I sold seven properties in 2021 and the, Cal, the state of California made big bucks on me. But all these people moving out of California, selling their houses, in those years that they sold them, they paid taxes while they're here and then they paid capital gains taxes because they're getting out. But the following year, all those taxpayers are gone and the capital gains aren't coming in. And either is the COVID relief and now California is suffering for it. That's why when they say, hey, look at the the, the the budget deficit that Trump made when he cut taxes for the corporations. He cut taxes for the corporations because the tax breaks are one year after that the tax rolls in because of the expanded economy the expanded companies and the expanded jobs more taxpayers that's how things work. so uh, but you know it, it means taxpayers or follow are the following year are not bringing the money in and because of that, California is going to have a big deficit. And I hope everybody notices when, when pretty boy Newsom decides he's going to run for president uh, when Biden announces that he's not. Or maybe Biden won't announce that he's not. And of course, we saw that uh, Marianne Williamson announced her, uh, her uh, candidacy that she's going to primary uh, Biden. And if there's, anyone, uh, if there's anyone that could have less of a chance of winning than Biden— it's Marianne Williamson Because she's going to say love is going to take over It's going to win in the field of battle Love always wins So anyway, uh, Democrats are loony And of course the Republicans uh, Are, are uh, each gathering up steam for their, uh, for their challenge to Trump But as I said last week I'm Trump all the way Until Trump fo- drops out I'm behind Trump because I know what he'll do Hey anyway, that's uh, all the time I have For this uh, episode of the main event So uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week.